All right. Well, I'm going to finish up this morning's message, and so might not be as long as I normally preach, and it has nothing to do with Super Bowl. I, I, I have no intention of watching or anything like that, but if I preach a little shorter tonight, don't think I'm being carnal. It's just uh, I didn't get through near as much of my message as I thought I would this morning, and uh, but uh, I, def- I want to finish it tonight. But anyway, go ahead and go ahead, turn to book of John, chapter 7. I just want to read the last couple of the verses that we looked at this morning. I'm not going to repeat the story of Jesus again that we saw. But look what it says in John chapter 7 and in verse 24 where he says, Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So once again, most of us today, when it comes to how we handle things in life, we just... we go off of what we feel. We go off of what we see. We go off what we think. And it's, we think it's appropriate for us to just go fly off the handle many times and just start you know, coming to conclusions, not thinking about the consequences of those things. And we talked about uh, uh, making and receiving accusations. It's a serious thing. And I don't want to repeat everything that I mentioned this morning, but you know, accusations are something that we ought to take very serious. It's something that we ought to be very careful with. And we mostly talked about making the accusations. We didn't get real deep into receiving the accusations. But this is important that we understand that when it comes to receiving accusations, that when you do, when you listen to something that somebody brings to you, when you listen to something that somebody says, they now are bringing you into a situation and all of a sudden now you're accountable for some things. And you know you need to decide ahead of time do I want to accept this accusation? Do I want to put myself in this awkward position? And it's so important when it comes to these things, when it comes to these kind of judgments, that we know what the Bible says on these things. We've got to know what the Bible says so these decisions are already made. So we already know what we're going to do ahead of time. Most of the bad decisions people make are because... You know, they're trying to make them on the spot. They're trying to make them under pressure. When it comes to, you know, important decisions, they should already be made, okay? If I'm having problems, you know, with my wife, I mean, it should, you know, the decision's already made. We're going to figure this out because we've already decided divorce isn't an option. So we're not going to, you know, we've, it, when you've already made certain decisions, it, you know, and other options go away and will help you avoid a lot of mistakes. When it comes to receiving accusations or whatever, you need to have these rules in place ahead of time so you can put a stop to some things before you get drug into something that you don't want to get drug into. And we've got to watch out for this. And part of the reason that so many Christians are, you know, make such bad judgments and do not judge righteous judgments is we're not real familiar many times with the Old Testament. And it was, you know, it was just a while ago. I know uh, Pastor Donnie Romero. He's been preaching through the book of Deuteronomy and going through all these laws. And you know, when you, if you preach through a book like the book of Deuteronomy, we've been going through a lot of those things, kind of doing an overview of it in Sunday school. Some of it's not the most exciting reading in the world, is it? It's a bunch of laws. It's just not exciting reading. It's not the most popular subjects to preach about. But I remember I was listening and he was preaching on, on one of these things and just, you know, what boring reading. But then he was taking it and just applying it to today and the situations and things we have and talking about the different laws we have, you know, when it comes to just being negligent and stuff like that. And we need to know what these things are. 
And I, I remember I was listening to him preach, and, and I got convicted about this later. In his, this message, he was talking about if you, um, you know, see your neighbor's ox, you know, wandering, you find it, you know, how you're supposed to take it, and you're supposed to take care of it until you find out who it belongs to. And you know, you know how boring that is to read that. Well, like the next day, I'm driving my car and I see a little puppy running the streets. And I, I ignored it and I drove off and I thought about that message. And I was like, I probably should have done something about that. But you, I know it's a dog, exactly. A dog can't be the same as an oxen, right? You know? And, and you know, that, that was an oxen, but you know, it's the principle of those things, right? And you know, when I see dogs running loose and puppies running loose, I've, I've never done anything about it because I always hope they get ran over because that's how I feel about dogs. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? I probably, you know, now I know that law. I should probably, you know, do something in situations like that. But, man, I don't want to take care of a dog. I really don't. Uh, but, you know, thankfully we have things like animal shelters and places you can take it. I'm sure there's some place I can turn it in because I don't want to take it to my house. But, you know, do you see how, you know, one of the reasons I didn't do anything about that is I, I don't have that in my brain yet. But we should get stuff like that in our brain. We should make that a part of who we are. These laws are important. And we, uh, we need to get to think, back to thinking this way. But you don't hear a lot of preaching on Old Testament laws. You know why? Because everybody today is trying to figure out how we can throw all those Old Testament laws out. They get a little bit, they get a little too convicting. They're a little too hard hitting sometimes. But as a result of us getting away from that, we have a country where our wicked leaders can get away with some of the most perverted, corrupt laws in the world because nobody knows how things should be. Nobody know, has you know, any type of moral code. And so wicked laws come all the time. And so we need to make sure we get these things right. So when it comes to you know, receiving an accusation, okay? And, I, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of picking up where I left off. But um, turn to John chapter 8 and verse 10. Okay, so when it comes to uh, somebody being convicted of a crime, do you understand that there has to be an accuser? Okay? There has to be an accuser. Before somebody can get in trouble, before somebody can get convicted of a crime, there has to be an accuser. John chapter 8 and verse 10 says, When Jesus had lifted up Himself and saw none but the woman, He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So notice right here, here you have these people that they had caught her, okay? If they caught her in the very act, well then, you know, there's obviously some people who should be righteous accusers there, right? But you know what? Here they do. They bring her to Jesus. They kind of make Him a judge in that situation, which in reality, with them being under Roman control, control, Jesus didn't have the authority to be the judge and put somebody to death. We see that in the book of John. They didn't have the legally didn't have the right to do that. But they bring Jesus to her and they make him the judge in this situation. And they go and they say she got caught in the very act. But then Jesus makes that statement. They get convicted by their own consciences. They leave. Here she is with Jesus. Here she is with the righteous judge. And what's he ask? Where are your accusers? You can't do anything to anybody without an accuser. There's got to be somebody 
that's saying, hey, this person did that. I can, I can verify this. It's a fact. But she didn't have any accusers. Now, think about this. Jesus being the righteous judge that he was. Jesus having, you know, you know, knowing all things like he knew. He could have condemned her right there, couldn't he have? But he chose to forgive her in that situation. He has the power, he had the power to do that, and he told her to go and sin no more. But you understand the reason Jesus said that is because when somebody has done a crime, there has to be an accuser. And you have to be charged with something. I can't just get thrown into jail, even in our messed up country, I can't just get thrown into jail without being charged with something. They gotta charge me with something. And then I've got to go to court. And then I've got to face my accuser. And we ought to be able to do that. The one who is accusing me, the one who has knowledge, ought to be able to face that person. That way, and that's just the way laws are. That's righteous. We've still got some holdover laws from back when we actually had a Christian type of government and a Christian legal system. But today, anybody can be your accuser. It doesn't have to be the eyewitness. It doesn't have to be somebody who was there. It just has to be somebody who heard that they from this person that this person said that this person told them that you did this and they can be an accuser in that situation. That's ridiculous. That doesn't count. That's not that's not a legitimate witness. And so there needs to be an accuser. So whenever we have a situation where somebody's done something bad, okay? Somebody's done something bad, an accuser comes along. And let's say that they are a righteous accuser. They are accusing them of something that that they did in fact see. And it's not a lie. It's true. Okay. Turn over to Mark chapter 14 and verse 55. There's, There's something else that we need to consider. All right. So, okay. I got some dirt on somebody. I got the goods. I know what this person did. I saw it with my own eyes. And I'm ready to bring an accusation on that person. So look at what it says in Mark chapter 14 and verse 55. It says, And the chief priest and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear false witness against him. But their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. And within three days, I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. So right here, we see, once again, when they were going to try to accuse Jesus, even as wicked as they were in that time, before they were going to be able to put him to death, they needed to get at least two witnesses that could accuse him. And, they, and once again, you can't just have one witness. You can't put somebody to death for one witness. Well, he had a whole bunch of witnesses but nobody's witness agreed together. And they couldn't find two witnesses that agreed together. And so, you know, they ended up just basically just running them through anyway. They crucified him illegally against their law. But here they are, they're coming. And so, but at the same time, they're trying to do the right process here. Okay. They're trying to see if they can legally put him away. And obviously that failed and they did it anyway. But when it comes to accusations, all right, or when it comes to uh, who you give an accusation to, you know, first of all, we, you need to ask yourself if you are the accuser, is, you know, who are you to be given the accusation? Did you see this? Or did somebody tell you this? And I've seen this more times than I'd like to count where people want to come to me with an accusation and that, you know, like, 
this person did this. Well, how do you know? Well, this person told me. Well, now I need to talk to that person. You know, if you're going to make me the judge, let me talk to that person. And, and then I'll talk to that person. And yep, this in fact happened. Well, how do you know that? Well, I wasn't there, but this, I mean, that happened to me this week. Somebody's like, hey, this happened to this person. And, you know, I said, how do you know this? This person told me. So I call that person and they're like, yep, sure enough, it happened. I said, yeah, you, you mentioned that you were there. Well, I wasn't there, but I know he was there. You know, and I'm, are you serious? You know, so the truth is, if I'm going to be just in this situation, now I've got to find out who it was that told him. And, you know, by this time, I'm like, this is stupid. You know, this is a joke. But yet, I'm supposed to accept you know, third-hand information. No, I want to know who the actual accuser is. I want to know who that is. And, you know, who, and if, if you weren't the one that was there, if you weren't the one that saw it, you have no business making the accusation. Yeah, but I believe that person. That person wouldn't lie to me. That person wouldn't lead me wrong. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care how much you trust them. They are the one that saw it. They are the one that should be the accuser. Don't you come bring any of that junk to me. They can come bring it to me. The one that actually saw it. They are the ones that should go to the judge. They are the ones that should speak against a person. The one that saw it. But is that what's going on today? Is that what we see going on in the news media? Is that what we see going on in social media? Absolutely not. You see second, third, fourth, fifth hand information. And then people, they expect you to just accept that. And go along with it. That is as wicked as all get out. Were you there? Did you see it? You know, did you get the full context of it? Remember, judge not according to the appearance. Sometimes we can see something that, you know, it looks like one thing. You know, it appears that something wrong might be going on. But unless you know for a fact that that's going on, you need to stay away from it. I've heard about this. You know, I, I would hate to be a Muslim in America. I, I, I really would. Nothing against Muslims, but you know what? Are Americans not suspicious of him many times? And I listened to a guy, he called in on the radio one time, and they were talking about something with terrorists and, you know, watching out for terrorism and stuff. And this guy called on, he, was, he called on the radio, and he was talking about how he noticed a Muslim guy walking along the subway, videoing, videoing the subway tracks. And he got suspicious, and he said, I drove around the block again, and I, he was still doing it. And I took pictures of it. And I gave it to the police. And, you know, well, that, that was good, you know. You see, we've all seen the commercials. If you see something, say something, right? Now, do I want to live in a world where if I want to video, you know, subway tracks, I'm getting visited by the police? You know, do, do I want to live in that kind of world well, yeah, but what if he's trying to blow something up? What if he's trying to do something? You know, we've got to prevent bad things from happening. That is not what we see in the Bible. When it comes to how things are supposed to be done, we don't, God did not uh, teach us to set up a government where we stop bad things from ever happening. You know what he did? He set up a government where we punish the daylights out of evildoers. So other people will fear. How can we stop these terrorist activities from happening? We could, baptize those Muslim terrorists in pig's blood and then, or drown them in pig's blood. And that way they won't go to paradise. <laughs> and then see if they do that, do that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, how dare... Hey, 
If you don't want to get baptized in pig's blood, don't blow up Americans. I don't know. I don't, that's, that's terrible. That's not right. Well, you know, that's how you handle that stuff. You don't go you know, doing surveillance on the whole country and taking away everybody's freedom for just a few people, just a small amount of people. If, some, if we want to stop terrorism, we punish the daylights. We find out the thing that they fear the most and say, if you do that, this is going to happen to you. Well, what if they're a suicide bomber? You know? Well, here, once again, do we want to live in a world where we have no freedom? Do we want to live in a world... Now, here's, I'm more scared of our government than I am terrorist. I really am. And I, you know what? I don't, you know, here's, what we, here's my solution to it. Just let everybody start packing. And if I see a guy with bomb, you know, a bomb on his vest, you know, I'll shoot him before he gets close enough to me to hurt me. You know, just let everybody start packing. There's better ways to handle this stuff. But we don't, we don't have righteous judgment. And you know, before we go just accusing somebody of stuff, we need to get full context. And we've joked about before. There was one time we were leaving here at the church in the school right across the street. I saw there was a Muslim lady and a little Muslim girl. And she's like holding a little Muslim girl up looking in the window. Now, I don't know what that was all about. And I, I, I remember I was joking. I was like, I, I should call the cops. You know, they're probably planning to blow the place up. You know, and I, I, I know I'm stereotyping so bad. That's terrible to say that. But you know what? You all think the same thing too, all right? If you get in an airplane and you know that guy comes in with a towel on his head, you're going to be watching him too. All right, let's just let's just admit it. You know, don't be politically correct on me. But you know, we've got we've got to learn to just not be so quick to accuse because that is serious. You know, how, I mean, let's say there's a really good reason for them to be looking in the window. How do you think it would make them feel if the cops show up and start giving them the third degree because they looked in the window? Is that a crime? Is it a crime to look in a window? Is it a crime to film subway tracks? Are these things crimes? Do we want police visiting these people and harassing these people over things like that? Do you want that happening to you? So, you know, before you go ruining our country and getting all our freedoms taken away, you know, by tattling all the time, why don't you just, you know, unless you know something for a fact is going on, just be quiet. You know, and then here's the thing too. If you're an accuser, Especially if you're bringing the accusation to me, why are you giving it to me? That's another thing we don't think about. You know, why do you give accusations to the people that you give them to? You know, do you? Why in the world, if you know something bad about somebody, would you immediately go and post the rumor on Facebook? How wicked is that? What if you are wrong? Oh no! I mean, it's, I mean, people do that. Some, they will get secondhand information from somebody and they will post it online. You know how wicked that is? Why, now, why do people do that? Because that's completely acceptable in our culture. That is completely normal in our culture, but that is wicked to do that. Why are you giving it to the social media world? Why are you bringing that accusation to me? I don't need to know this. I have no authority in this situation, the person that you're telling about this, do they have any authority? Do they have any ability to do anything about it? But we do. We bring, you know why? Because we're tail bearers. We're tail bearers spreading gossip, big mouths that just love to hear ourselves talk, love to put other people down. And you need to make sure before you go making an accusation, even if your accusation is correct, is the person I am bringing the accusation to even somebody who needs to hear it. 
And that's another thing people don't think about. Well, it doesn't matter who I tell because I know it's true. It does matter who you tell. It does matter who you tell. You need to make sure you save it for the right people. And then once you've made your accusation, you've presented your evidence, it is now your job to sit down and shut up while the authorities make the decision. And that's all there is to it. Whatever it is, you bring it to the authorities. You know, and and your, our kids do this all the time, don't they? You know, mom, dad, you know, Jason did this, you know, Abby did this, whatever. They come and they tattle. And then a lot of times as parents, you know, we make a judgment right there, not worth dealing with. And so what do we say? Deal with it. You know, get over it. And then what do the kids usually want to do? I disagree with that decision. You know, I disagree with that decision. So they try to administer some form of punishment on their sibling, don't they? And that's what we do today. When we don't like the decisions that are made, we like to go and find some other way, <clears throat> some other way to punish the people that we feel did us wrong. And if you don't, if you don't agree with the decision, you don't then get to make it your decision. And I think I've seen that happen this week. You know, you give something to somebody, the one who's actually an authority and you don't agree with their decision. So now you turn it into your decision. Where do you get the authority to do that? That's so American, you know, and you can only do two things. There's only two things you can do. Once you have given your accusation, once you have presented your evidence to the proper authorities, then you get to do, there's two things you can do. You can shut up like a man or you can go protest in public like a libtard. Go out, hold a sign somewhere, post it all over social media like a stinking millennial liberal and just go protest and yell your stinking head off. Go kicking over garbage cans, you know, vandalizing stores. That, all the stuff that they do today, you know, burning flags, whatever it is, just, just uh, make a big scene, make a big mess because you demand to be heard because you don't agree with the decision. That's what we do in America today, but that is not what the Bible teaches to do. Some things, they are just not my place and not my problem. Yeah, but he did wrong. Not my place, not my problem. Proverbs 26.17, this is a great verse. Uh, Proverbs 26.17, He that passeth by and meddleth with strife not belonging to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. Okay? There's real bad stuff that goes on in the world. There's things that go on. There's injustices. There are crimes. There are situations where justice is not done. But there are some things that don't belong to us. I think perverts ought to get the death penalty. But our government doesn't put them to death. So does that mean I get to go around putting them to death? Do I just get to go and you know what? I hate perverts so much. I declare myself you know, the revenger to execute wrath upon them. And I'm going to go and I'm going to be that minister for God and I'm not going to bear the sword in vain. And I'm going to go and put these people down. Do I have the right to do that? Absolutely not. That is not my place. I have not been appointed to that position. I have no role in authority. I have not been elected to any office. I have not run for any office. I have not been chosen. And we'll probably get into some of this in later messages. We see in the Bible that, you know, they had judges. Judges that were selected by the people and that were put over. Well, our people, they, put, they, they picked the bad judges. They picked the worst people. Well, you know what? Then that's the problem with our, you know, we need to start getting the society saved. 
That, that way they'll start electing better people and we can get better people in office. But in the meantime, there are some things that don't belong to us. There's a lot of laws that I don't agree with in our country. There's a lot of laws that are unjust, but they're, the problems that are being caused there, it's strife that does not belong to me. And I need to stay out of it. And we do. Sometimes we want to get involved. And you realize when we get involved with strife that doesn't belong to us, we usually make it worse. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sound old IFB tonight, telling IFB telling a lot of stories, but understand we need to think of these examples because these are life situations that we get in all the time, and we've got to learn to practice biblical principles. My wife was telling me the other day she was at a store, and there was a husband just, I mean, chewing his wife out big time. I mean, just being a idiot, just treating her like garbage verbally. And you all know my wife; she wanted to get involved. And I guess there was, you said another lady in the store got involved. Another lady in the store did get involved and started chewing that guy out. And it only made it worse. And, well, he shouldn't be chewing his wife. He shouldn't talk to her like that. Well, here's the thing, especially in my wife's case. What's she going to do about it? Okay, it's a guy. It's not like she's going to be able to physically stop him. He'll beat her up. You know, And it's not like it's a crime to insult your wife in public, I don't think. You know, brother, Jerry, you might be able to know a little more on that. I think you're allowed to do that, you know. I think you're allowed to have an argument and even raise your voice a little bit, you know, as long as you're not disturbing the peace and, and causing too much trouble there. But either way, if that kind of thing starts happening, it's not always our place. It's, it's not, it's many times it's not even legal. If I find out there's a domestic disturbance going on next door, and, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to call the police. I don't know if I'm just allowed to go in there. I, I'm not, I know I'm not allowed to go in there and just arrest the guy. If I know the woman's in, you know, imminent danger and her life's threatened, I think I can go over there and shoot him. But, you know, even then, I'm just, we gotta be careful of that stuff. And we gotta make sure we don't get too nosy and meddle in strife that does not belong to us, cause it's gonna bring trouble our way. It's gonna bring, it's gonna put us in the middle of something that we never should have gotten in the middle of. And I've seen that many times where people do. They go and they get involved in things that aren't their business. They meddle in strife not belonging to them. And they find themselves in the midst of a mess. They find themselves in the midst of a fight. And they're, they end up being the ones getting beat up. And not only did they lose, they, and not only did they not help anybody, they made things worse. And that's why we've got to decide, we've just got to know ahead of time what's our place and what's not our place. We have people in our community that have been appointed certain positions by the people of our community. We have police officers, we have judges, we have leaders in different things, and that has been given to them. That's been given to them, and it's their job to do those things. If you have a neighbor that's a drug dealer, all right, don't come tell me about it, all right? What am I supposed to do? Well, you know, pastor, you know, I think you ought to stand for truth. I think you ought to, you know, be a righteous pastor and, you know, you be a real man of God. You ought to be against drugs. Well, I am against drugs, but it's not my place to go doing a drug raid on somebody. I have not been appointed that position. That is something that does not belong to me. I don't need a medal in that situation. Oh, uh, I, I think you're a compromiser, Pastor. No, I'm just not an idiot. That's not my place. I have no business. If I go in there and I bust that guy, I go walking in there with a gun, kick the door in, go in there, tie the guy up, you know, find the drugs, I find the cash, I find all these things, and call the police, say, I bust this. What would happen to me if I did that? Yeah, I'd get arrested. But, but, 
He was a drug dealer. I got the bad guy. But you know what? I had no authority to do that. I was in no position to do that. I had no right. That was something that did not belong to me. And going to jail for taking down a drug dealer. How, what do you think about that? You know, what kind of messed up world do we live in? No, that's just, that's that's called law and order right there. You don't just get to go do your own thing. You know, it's like, you know, we need to be executing murderers. But what do they want to do? They want to put them in prison forever. Or maybe they sentence somebody to death and they say, you know, it costs you know, I, some crazy amount of money to put somebody to death. Well, I'm going to help our country out. I'm going to help save some money and I'll just go put a bullet in his head. No, I, I would go to prison for that. Even though that guy was sentenced to death, if I go to, that does not belong to me. And you know, mind your own business. People used to say that all the time. People used to understand what that meant. But you know what? In the social media day and age, you don't, people don't mind their own business. They stick their nose places that doesn't belong. They get involved in things that they don't need to be involved in. And as a result, they're like, you know, they, many times, I mean, they have great deals of stress. It really gets to them. And we are not required to go around looking for fault in everybody over everything. We are called to be holy. We, we are called to be, be ye holy, for I am holy. That's what we have been called to do. Nowhere in the Bible are we taught, as Christians especially, to go around and finding fault in people. And that's what people are doing today. I mean, on a hunt for, to find some kind of evil and to find some kind of wickedness in somebody. We are not called to do that. We have been called to live among the world, but we're not to be of the world. And plenty... Plenty of bad is going to come our way. There's going to be plenty of decisions that we're going to have to make. Plenty of uh, things that we're going to have to face that are, are going to be tough. But at the same time, you know, if it's not our place, then we shouldn't be dealing with it. We shouldn't mess with it. And if it's not our place, we are allowed to leave it alone. And... And as a believer too, you know, ah, you know, you ought, we ought to be burdened. You know, you should be burdened by all the, you know, domestic abuse that goes on, and all the, you know, child abuse, and all these horrible things that happen. And you know what? I am bothered by that. But you know what? As a believer, as a Christian, I have not been called to go mowing people down, finding all the bad guys. I've been called to give the gospel, and I think that's the best thing any of us can do to help prevent all the wickedness in the world is go out and give people the gospel. Go out and get people saved before they get into that sin and get into that garbage. Let's try to get them in church. Let's try to help them clean up their lives. Let's try to help them to walk in the Spirit. Help them teach them the words and the commands and the principles of God so they won't go out and do all those terrible things. That's what we've been called to do. We have not been called to be law enforcement. We have not been called to do that. We have been called to be salt in this earth, to be a light to the world, and we do that by spreading the gospel. And when it comes to you know judgments and things, it is it's crazy the things that that come our way. See, I mentioned this this morning. I'm a pastor, pastor a small church. You know, I'm I'm nobody, all right, and I I kind of like being. I've always liked being nobody, you know. I enjoy my life. I enjoy doing what I do. And, you know, I hate being, you know, it, I'll tell you this little story. I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail. I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But uh, I was asked this week to 
help get somebody out of hell. Okay? Now, how do you do that? Now, this is going to sound really weird what I'm saying. I play, you know, we're, we're kind of playing when we're, when we were talking about this. All right. We were, we, we were playing, but at the same time, people take this stuff very literal in their fantasy world that they live in. You know, there's a preacher that's out there that's preached some really bad stuff that uh, many preachers have thrown into hell, figuratively speaking. And, you know, I was asked to judge this situation. I was asked if I would talk to this preacher to find out, you know, what he's all about. And, and upon talking to him, I was like, you know what? I think the guy's saved. I don't think the guy is in it. I don't think the guy deserves to go to hell. Well, we all deserve to go to hell. But, you know, and so anyway, I talked to this person. I was like, yeah, you know, checks out clean to me. I think he's probably on his way to heaven. And he's like, well, and, and he's being funny here, but he said, you know, hey, maybe you can be the first to make a video getting him out of hell. <laughs> and I told him, I said, you know, I think I'm going to have to let him stay there for a while because I'm in enough trouble right now because I let somebody into heaven before getting everybody else's approval. And I'm, I'm under fire for that right now. And so I think I'm going to have to let him, I think I'm going to have to let him roast there for a little while. But you know what I could, you know, I remember thinking about, you know, I guess maybe what needs to be done you know, I can call an assembly of the brethren. I'll call an assembly of the preachers and say, hey, I'll plead this man's case to them. Say, so, you know what? I got his testimony. I got his beliefs. And I believe he's saved. And see if I can get them all to vote in favor of us letting him get out of hell. Now, there's some preachers that would probably now go that far is to get together and all right, we'll declare this guy saved or lost or whatever. But here's the thing. Let's say we do that. We all unanimously declare him saved. Does that change anything? Did we change one thing? Did we solve one problem? No, all we did was we made ourselves feel like big shots, feel like we got all this power, but that's how we are with people. We come up with things, we come up, we, de we determine things about them, we determine that they're saved, we determine that they're lost or whatever, and we do, we throw them into hell, figuratively speaking, and we get mad if somebody tries to take them out. How dare you, you know, go against my authority in this situation. But here's the thing, I have no authority to put anybody in hell or take them out of hell. The Word of God has all the authority in that. I'm just supposed to tell what the Bible says. And if I say I believe somebody is in hell, it's because I'm saying what their, their testimony doesn't line up with the Bible. I don't think I have the authority to throw anybody in hell. But at the same time, do you see though what I'm trying to say with that stupidity? Isn't that how we are? We'll all get together. We'll get in our little groups. We'll get out there on social media and we'll solve all the problems of the world. We'll, we, we get to the bottom of all these crazy things and we don't even, we don't even have a say except in our little fantasy world. Well, you know what? I think Trump should be impeached. What for? Because he's a bad president. You know? <laughs> and we just, we come up with these things and we do, we just feel so high and mighty. We feel like we've got all the answers and we will fight with anybody who disagrees. What? You don't think he deserves to get impeached? And we will fight with those people and we can beat each other up all we want, but in the end, will it change one thing? Absolutely not. And we see Christians today fighting over things that are not their place, fighting over things where they have zero authority, 
They're throwing out accusations. They're receiving accusations on things that they should just not even be listening to. Things that they should have no part in. And then, when they don't like how other people handle the situation who have no authority or anything either, they want to fight about that too. And then they, they act like they're taking a stand for the faith. They act like they're fighting for right. No, you're fighting for your ego. You're fighting to be king of the fantasy world that you live in. And listen, even our perverted court system today, when certain rules are not followed, they'll declare mistrials, won't they? And you know why? It, it's because you know, we, we've got a process. Even in our messed up country, we've still got due process to a certain extent. And if certain rules are broken, what do they do? They'll declare a mistrial. And that, you know, because we've, we've got to do it right. We, can't, we cannot corrupt our system. And God hates false witnesses. And we should hate them too. We really should. Uh, false witnesses, they cause us as a society to run the risk of punishing the wrong people. And our laws in our country are meant to protect the innocent. And we should be more concerned about hurting the innocent than finding the guilty. Because when we hurt an innocent person... All we've done is brought more blood upon us. And the truth is, it's like, well, what are we going to do to get these bad guys? You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to do what God's Word says to do. And we're going to have to stick to that. But what if it doesn't help us find the person? Then you know what we do? We pray that God will take care of them. We say, Lord, we've done everything that Your Word says to do in this situation. We've handled it the way Your Word says to handle it. And Lord... The person's still out there. They're going free. They're getting away with it. You know what? God will deal with them. God will take care of that person. I don't need to go running around trying to figure out some way. You know, I've thought about it before. It's like, man, if somebody kidnapped one of my kids, I mean, that I, I'd, I'd go so crazy. I mean, that, that would scare me so bad. I've thought, I've thought about when you hear about these kids getting kidnapped and things, I think I'd just go... I feel like just killing everybody just to hope I get lucky and get their bad one, <laughs> you know. But that would be wrong, wouldn't it? Because I'm going to kill a lot of innocent people and still might not get the right one. And so we've got to we've got to think about these things ahead of time. We've got to have a plan ahead of time, and we've got to learn the law of God. We need to meditate on those things. We need to talk about them. We need to we need to study through books like Deuteronomy. We need to look at you know, Leviticus and all these laws and things that they have. And we need to read over these things. We need to talk about them. And we need to make them a part of our life so we can have righteous judgment. We don't want to, we don't want to judge according to the appearance. We can't always trust what we see. I've gotten too many things wrong in my life that I saw things one way. I thought it was something else. We've got to judge righteous judgment. And so we've got to learn how to handle these things. You've got to know about it ahead of time. And that way, and two, if somebody starts to bring something to you, just ask them. Next time somebody comes to you with the accusation, say, all right, first off, is there anything I can do to enforce you know, justice here? You know, is there any reason this is being brought to me? You know, are you the one that saw? Are you relaying information? If you're relaying information, I need you to have the person who told you whatever to talk to me. I'm not going to talk to you. And 
It's amazing how people go look at this stuff. I try to hide from this stuff. I really do. I would rather hide from it. But most people, they go looking for it. I'm sorry, that's, that's no life to live. If you're going to live that way, I'm just going to be honest. If you're, if you're going to be one of these people that get in things that's not your place and not your problem, and you want to make it your problem, you know, first off, just don't cry when nobody cares what you think. And you know what? I hope you get an ulcer. All right? I, I do. That, that way you'll learn your lesson and you won't mess with stuff that's none of your business. It makes you an unpleasant person that nobody wants to be around. And I don't want to be that way. I want to be friendly. I want to be happy. And I want to, I want to help you. But don't bring me stuff where I have no ability to help. You know, if you just need comfort or whatever, that's fine. But don't bring things to me that I have no way of enforcing anything. You know, you're, you're burdening me with stuff that's not mine. And I don't want to, I'm not going to meddle in it. I'm not going to take that dog by the ears. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about that one bit. And so I hope you'll apply these things in your life. And over these next weeks, as we look into this righteous judgment, you need to start thinking about these things. You need, you need to start having a plan. When you see things happen at work, you know, there, there, there's so many examples that we can give. There, I mean, there's just, a, we all face things every day in our life. This week, I want you to do this this week. I'm done. But this is what I want you to do this week. When you're just out, when you see situations where there's wrongdoing going on, I want you to start thinking about, hey, how should this be handled according to the Bible? And think, think about those things and see if you know any verses on them. If you don't know them, write those things down and send them to me. Hey, how do you handle this situation? And you know what I usually find too in a lot of these situations when I think about this, you know, what, what's the right thing to do in this situation? You know what I usually, conclusion I come to many times is nothing. Sometimes, we're, there's sometimes not only are we allowed to do nothing, it's the right thing for us to do nothing. And I always like when that happens. When there's a problem that needs to be dealt with, I love when according to the Word of God, it's my job to do nothing. And I am good at that job. And, I, and that's the one I want. And some people fail at that job. Miserably. The easiest job in the world. Do nothing. And you can't even handle that. That's pretty sad. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. Help us, Lord, to judge righteous judgment. Lord, help us to take accusations, Lord, serious. Help, help, us, to, help us to be terrified of making accusations. Lord, help us to never even try it unless we are 100% positive that we are absolutely right Help us to take it to the right people, to the people that actually can do something or should do something about it. And help us, Lord, to do our part and then just mind our own business after that. Help us to just be, not be so concerned about what everybody else does, <clears throat> but help us to do the right thing in our own life. And I pray you'll give us the victory. In your name we pray. Amen.